Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast podcast for a very special edition of Stat Nerd Thursday. Why is it special? Well, I mean, you know, every Thursday, every day we get to be uh, spending Earth seconds together is special. But also, this is episode number 400 of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast podcast. Dalton, obviously, we thank the people who have been hanging with us for, for that long. We've come a long way. We we appreciate all of you out there. But Dalton, my God, th- those early days of the show, number one, I, I remember recording some Number one, it wasn't even called the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast, number one. And number two, I remember recording them with like Bluetooth headphones in an office. Remember the remember an office? Remember the Yahoo office? I remember being in there recording that and talking to Liz in, when she sounded like she was in a friggin' tin can from her house. So it's not, we've we've made quite some strides here, buddy. We have come a long way. We were going over the, the the outlines of the first couple of shows. Some have dated more than others, but yeah, 400 episodes. Uh, yeah, this is exciting. A, a good time to talk some football on this milestone. Yeah, no doubt. I believe producer John said that one of the early headlines was, what's wrong with David Johnson? To which now we can reply, a a whole heck of a lot, buddy. That's what's going wrong with David Johnson. But anyways, all right, enough of ancient history. Let's live in the moment. Let's dig into some of the current news before we get into the stats uh, that fantasy teams, fantasy managers need uh, to know about. Let's dive in first to, oh, God, speaking of blast from the past, Dalton, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is the starting uh, Jets quarterback. The Mike White era is over. What a shock. A a New York-based storyline blew up in the national media and got a little too crazy. So uh, the Mike White thing is done. Joe Flacco is starting. I got a lot of things on my mind, strangely, about this. But what what is your reaction to this? Do you care at all when it comes to Jets players? Uh, what's going on here in New York? Uh, My biggest concern is, uh, I know you will share this one, is Elijah Moore actually split uh, snaps last week with Keelan Cole, Cole, the more I look into it and I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it becomes more of a risk if you do want to use him in DFS and obviously a total unknown with Flacco at this stage. What do you throw three passes last week? Um, but man, Elijah Moore looks like a star in the waiting. And um, I believe you would uh, further uh, concur that with your with your film study. And yeah, I just like him yeah. to be unleashed, you know, and not be splitting work here regardless of who plays quarterback. But yeah, it's a mess. I mean, their defense is like historically bad over the last month. I mean, it's it's really ugly stuff. You know, they have a he- new head coach that's supposed to be getting the defense right. And now their quarterback situation is, I mean, hopefully Zach Wilson really is not ready. And this isn't them <laughs> just being like, oh, we're choosing, you know, door number three and it's Joe freaking Flacco. 
Yeah, a lot to say here, strangely enough. You mentioned the defense. They're 32nd in both dropback EPA and rushing EPA allowed since week seven. Like you, like you said, historically bad. I could not believe watching that game. I mean, here everybody's talking about, you know, cover two defenses are flummoxing the Bills and the Chiefs, and now even the Bucks are getting that narrative. Like, I guess cover two defenses are the biggest friggin' boogeyman in the entire NFL. Uh, meanwhile, old Robert Sala and the boys just single covering Stefan Diggs outside, cover three, all that, like, just no in-game adjustments. And Diggs is just flaying those guys on the back end. I mean, right away from the jump, you're like, oh, we've been waiting for the ceiling Stefan Diggs game. Well, it's about to happen unless the Jets adjust something. They didn't adjust all game. That's extremely concerning when your head coach is a defensive guy. But this whole season has been such a nightmare for the Jets. And I, I just feel like the Flacco thing, number one, I continue to bring this up with Joe Flacco. And people on Twitter hate when I bring this up because people on Twitter are idiots. But why is Joe Flacco playing for the Jets in 2021? I know he was traded there. Thanks for the breaking news. But Joe Flacco has made $160 million over the course of his career. Why does he need to make – and people say that, well, you work for money, don't you? Well, buddy, if I made 160 bucks in my career, let me tell you what, Dalton, I love you, but I'm not doing this podcast with you right now. I'm just, just saying that. Like, it, it is what it is. What is Joe Flacco doing playing for this team, number one? Why And why are the Jets playing Joe Flacco? It makes no sense. I'm with you, though. I just care about, like, Elijah Moore is not playing enough. That's frustrating. This I agree with you. This guy is a superstar in the waiting. I think he is – so underrated still to this day and I mean at least Joe Flacco got in there and threw a garbage time touchdown to him last week I don't know that we can extrapolate that going forward but it's just like I don't love any decision that the Jets are making right now personnel wise game plan wise it's just real bad vibes right now yeah stick with the Jets I got a, a stat for you Mike Clay tweets the Jets have played nine games this season 13 running backs have scored 15-plus fantasy points against them. I mean, it's it's one and a half per game. Oof. I mean, that's just just wild. So I'd fire up Miles Gaskin with confidence. I know he didn't hasn't exactly balled out the last few weeks, even struggling yeah. against the Texans' run D, but he's getting all the work there, and this is just by far, by magnitudes, uh, uh, the, the worst rush D. So fire up Gaskin this week. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, he did get some opportunity where I think we're good with that. And, you know, basically fire up anybody on the Dolphins at this point. Like oh, yeah. Mike Gusecki, he should rebound off the goose egg. Uh, Tua, I think, is a perfect quarterback streamer. Um, where would you rank Tua among court? Yeah, obviously Waddle. I think Waddle's like an every week. Plays 42 targets over the last four. We're coming in at last week over the last four games. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I think he's an every week play. Where would you rank Tua among quarterbacks going against this defense? Yeah, he's a borderline top 15 guy. I mean, I think it's right there in a in a I could see an argument even as high as 12 or something in this matchup. Yeah. I could see him as a QB1 this week actually. Yeah. I mean, it's a, such a good yeah. matchup. But they might they might just, you know, who knows if Flacco can't put the uh, put any points on the other side. The Dolphins could actually be playing with the lead here and it could be a Gaskin game. But yeah, all all matchups look very positive when facing the Jets right now. Yeah, I don't mind still firing up Michael Carter on the Jets side either. He's probably the only one I'm still playing with any confidence. I know that we liked the way that Mike White was checking down to him, but I still think that was mostly the function of going through the progressions, which we know Zach Wilson does not do. I think Joe Flacco can at least do that. And, hey, Corey Davis can get some PI yards if Joe Flacco still wants to do that. I don't know, man. It's just weird. Isn't Joe Flacco also wearing, like, number 19, which is disgusting? I mean, Joe, have some self-respect, dude. It's time It's time to retire. Get out of here. Um, go take your money and go home. Anyways. Joe Flacco's former team 
uh, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, who seems to get sick with non-COVID illnesses more than anybody else in the entire NFL. Um, I don't know what's up with that, but he was sent home for practice with a non-COVID illness. So keep your eye on that. The bigger story here, Le'Veon Bell uh, was released. I I said all year that it's crazy that like Le'Veon Bell – it just shows how far uh, he, he has fallen, how quickly things can happen for running backs. This guy used to legitimately be one of the two or three best talents at the position. And he was playing for a team in Baltimore that needed running back help and literally nobody cared. And now he's been dropped, you know, uh, here at this point. I think we've kind of gotten some clarity in this backfield that Devonta Freeman is is sort of the guy. But we'll see what happens when Latavius Murray gets back in there eventually. Yeah, it's Freeman for now. Um, I'm I'm most more interested in, in Bateman in this. Your guy, uh, TJ Hernandez, has a nice tweet showing run funnel, pass funnel defenses right now. And the Bears are up there as far as pass funnel. Sammy Watkins oh, yeah, was bat, flat out bad last week, Watkins. So I don't know. I'm really really interested in Bateman as a, as a cheaper DFS option this week. But yeah, the running backs, I mean, I can't believe that Devonta Freeman's last man standing. But yeah, it does. I'm still waiting for Tyson Williams to reemerge there. But I guess he's so I bad know, in pass man. protection. But um, yeah, I'm I'm more more interested in that passing attack moving forward. Albeit, you know, coming off that you know a, a downer game against Miami. Hopefully, Lamar is back healthy and they uh, have a get right game against a pass funnel uh, Bears defense. Yeah, uh, I will just let what you said stand on Rashad Bateman because if I started talking about Rashad Bateman, we'd be here for probably another hour. Because oh my god, that guy is unbelievably good. But more on that uh, later on. Anyways. Another quarterback story here. Uh, Kyler Murray is back at practice. I anticipated he was probably going to play all along in a pretty important NFC West matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, So it looks like we'll get Kyler back this week. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins too, but that's great news for a Cardinals offense. Like Colt McCoy got injured last week. I don't even know like who the hell this third stringer is that they've got there, but obviously good to avoid that situation. Yeah, can I say I really love uh, James Conner this week coming off a bad game. People are disappointed in him, but he's still going to be the feature back. Seattle has allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. And Murray, he may play, but he'll be you know compromised maybe with that ankle injury and maybe no Hopkins. So uh, I could see a big game coming from James Conner. Yeah, and I've always liked the way that Cliff Kingsbury calls rushing plays. So I think that's a good week to, to fire him up for sure, really juice up the expectations. Another quarterback story, a little less important, <laughs> but Jared Goff, Sounds pretty highly questionable. Didn't participate in practice today, uh, Wednesday. Dan Campbell, dude, if you thought like Anthony Lynn was a run-heavy coach, Dan Campbell just, apparently he took over more offensive play-calling duties, like had more of a say in the thing. They ran DeAndre Swift like 30-plus times against the Steelers, like one of the best run defenses in the entire NFL last week. So I don't really think that the Lions, who, by the way, also from a percentage standpoint – far and away lead the NFL in percentage of their yards coming after the catch. Like this is just basically DeAndre Swift and nothing else in the Lions offense. Pretty, I mean, if we're going like down to Tim Boyle or David Blau, um, not great for the Lions passing game. And now we need to worry about DeAndre Swift. The new shoulder injury uh, had him limited in practice, but hopefully he's okay coming off, you know, that heavy, heavy workload. The man leads the NFL in high-value touches by a wide margin. Um, This Lions situation matters a lot to me. My $6 million survivor pool is down to 173 people. So it's starting to get kind of real. I mean, I love this Lions team last week. Knocked knocked out half the pool last week who was locked in the Steelers before the news of Big Ben breaking Saturday night. It was very unfortunate for them. And then 
a double whammy when they had to find out that a tie does indeed count as a loser. So, um, and now who'd you uh, have last week? We, you we had the week? we had the Cowboys. Uh, we had the Cowboys. Nice. It was a rare week that we didn't uh, you know sweat it out. It's been a lot of heart attack inducing ones. But so now we're uh, thinking thinking possibly Browns this week is why I say this. So Tim Boyle, a total unknown. I read he had twelve touchdowns and twenty six interceptions in college. I do not believe that was a, a joke. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, there's David Blau and, um, and golf playing with the herd oblique. So yeah, I mean, the, the Lions quarterback situation doesn't look great. And the Browns converse coming off, you know, an, an ugly outing should be uh, their quote unquote, get right game, but they're dealing with a ton of injuries on offense themselves. Not just Nick yeah. Chubb's status uncertain, but Donovan Peoples Jones left practice injured, um, on Wednesday and Baker Mayfield says he's, you know, Baker, the most yeah. beat up that he's ever been. So a lot of injuries on, uh, especially on the offensive skill position side on both sides of the ball here in Cleveland yeah and, and DeAndre Swift too yeah I mean what's the over under in that game give me the under I mean give me a break uh by the way I, I love how I started off this podcast saying that like hey if I had made Joe Flacco money I'm not doing this podcast with you anymore Dalton sounds yeah, like you're the one who's about to you're the one who's about to be uh coming into some riches here with the survivor thing I might not be seeing you on this podcast anymore after a few weeks yeah, it feels like we've come so far because it started with 4,500 people. But still, like if you enjoy, enjoyed a pool with 175 people at the beginning of the year, that still feel massive. So have a long way to go. But um, yeah, it's been it's been super exciting. And uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy, you know, down to 175 people, $6 million. So it's, suffice it to say, the most interested I've been getting on Sundays is, is whoever I have in Survivor that given week. No kidding. I'm sure your eyes are freaking glued to that game. So, well, if you have to pick if you have to pick this one. My friend, I don't know. Maybe I would avoid that. Maybe I'd avoid that just for the sake that you don't have to watch it. But uh, we'll see what happens there. I think this one, this storyline is pretty interesting. Miles Sanders designated to return from IR. I feel like we've talked about it on this show or, or, you know, one of the many podcasts or whatever. The Eagles have completely flipped their philosophy, basically almost kind of coinciding with Miles Sanders leaving, which is strange to me. Um, the Eagles ranked 32nd in neutral pass rate since week seven. Uh, we know that they were like top six in that metric early on in the season. They're like a, a run first team, which is great. I think that's how they should be built. I just think it's a little strange that they've done this, you know, after Miles Sanders has left. Like they've done this with Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, you know, Kenny Gainwell, like lightly sprinkled in there. I kind of wonder – I have a couple of thoughts here. Like, one, does the, do you think this says anything about Miles Sanders? I know they kind of started to try to get him going in the game that he got injured, so maybe it doesn't. Um, do you think it says anything about Miles Sanders? And also, do you expect him to just suddenly be inheriting this whole workload to himself? Because if he is, like, he's going to be a league winner second half of the season. But if not, he still could be mixing it with Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and these, these this crew there. And not a bad week to miss this week to Saints number one in run defense DVOA. I thought of you reading a, a nerd tweet uh, recently with Elo putting uh, Jalen Hurts in like the 82nd percentile as far as rookie QBs at this X many starts of their career. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't write off Jalen Hurts just, just no, yet. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, you might be right. And I feel like I was kind of harsh. Someone made the point, too, that like, you know how Mac Jones is like coming on kind of right now. It's like his 10th career start. Like, this is Jalen Hurts, like, is on that same timeline. So, I don't know. Totally. Maybe we've all been – and I'm pointing the finger at myself here. 
because I'm a frustrated like Devontae Smith fan, maybe I maybe I've been a little too harsh on Jalen Hurts to start his career. Devonta Smith's very encouraging though uh, lately. Uh, so over the last four games, 28.2 target share, top 10, 41.3 percent air yardage share. So he's looking yeah, encouraging. He's but circling back to Miles Sanders, I can't guarantee he will become the main back with all these guys there. But I mean, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, um, you know, not overly exciting and. Very encouragingly that they have gone from pass heavy to the most extreme run heavy team in football. So if you have Sanders, it's possible. If you still are, are, uh, have the ability to possibly make your fantasy playoffs, he could be one of those quote unquote league winners because of the new situations. And, and theoretically should have fresh legs down the stretch. So you are happy to see this change in offensive philosophy while Sanders has been sitting on your IR. No question. Yeah, like I said, it's it's good for the health of the offense. This is what the flower man, Nick Sirianni, should have been doing the whole time. I don't know why it took him so long to come to this realization. Like, we don't need Jalen Hurts in the 2020 Colts offense. That, that That's enough of that. You brought up Devontae Smith. I just really wanted wanted to ask you this. Like, So Dallas Goddard, it's a little questionable for, for Sunday after suffering a concussion last week. Devontae Smith is looking great, but, man, the Saints just – shut down number one receivers uh like the top t- they're they're becoming a team where like you just gotta try to find the number two guy and start them against the saints It'd be nice this week to do that but like dude jalen rager is dust he he's not good not I mean, it's like my god embarrassing out there jalen rager uh quez watkins any temptation to play a, a guy like quez watkins or is this a week we see the the jalen hurts experience not look so good because Devonte smith is going to be blanketed no, I think there is temptation to play guys like Quez because Saints have the number one run defense. I mean, they're tough to, to run against. Yeah. They're gonna Eagles are gonna be forced to throw. I will say this: the Saints also are allowing the fewest yards per play on the road this year. I mean, that defense is good, so it's not like it's a smash spot yeah. or anything. But and we did just see them shut down AJ Brown, although game script computer contributed to that and Mike Evans. So you're totally right about this number one receiver situation. But overall, they've allowed the sixth most fantasy points to receivers, just probably because of game script. So I'm, I'm Quez is an interesting flyer, and I am firing up Devontae smith but I, you do realize that it's possible that that is a thing and the number one receiver is just going to get shut down again but uh, given his uh like over that past month he's also number six in yards per route run the rookie so uh I, i'm good. still starting him and i have him ranked as a top 20 fantasy wideout this week he is so good man i mean all this rookie class is really good i know i said it about like the 2020 class 2019 class is great but wow I'm Holy sorry, I'm just looking dude. at my rankings right now. Uh, Devontae Smith, 17, and Waddle, eight, 19. Yeah, I mean, look at that. I mean, right yeah. away, two top 20 guys. Sorry. And, and then Pittman, I, I, I confused that he was, he's not quite a rookie, but the young the young class looking good. But yeah, the, the rookie class, I mean, and, and Jamar Chase is obviously above him too there. So yeah, what, three rookies in the top 20 this week. Easy, yeah. Like it. Yeah, and like guys like Elijah Moore and Rashad Bateman haven't even like fully broken out yet, but those guys are just as good as I mean, if not even potential. I don't know. Let's 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 enough enough of that. Let's not get crazy here. All right, Elijah Mitchell, your guy, San Francisco Dalton, our Niners crushed it. Unbelievable! That was a great game. Elijah Mitchell was was looking good, but he has a broke his finger. Uh, he might not miss any time. Kyle Shanahan sounds like he really wants him to play. Maybe he can get Russ's like eight, 19 hour rehab schedule, not sleep at all and get get out there. I don't know to, for his finger injury. But what happens if Elijah Mitchell doesn't play? I mean, we, listen, we, we know Trey Sermon's not going to play, but what happens if Elijah Mitchell is, is not out there? 
I think either way, Jeff Wilson's a, a flex play this week with Hasty Hurt. Uh, Wilson is the preferred passing down back anyway, and even maybe goal line guy. Mitchell had a pin placed in his fingers, so very questionable yeah. if he can play or even you know how close to 100% or what kind of limited snaps he'll see. So I like Jeff Wilson in a matchup in which they're near touchdown favorites now after that surprise. I didn't see that coming. It's certainly not a blowout in that fashion against a Rams team that had just lost. But um, uh, secretly, you know, though, the Jacksonville is is not easy to run against. They're 31st no. pass defense DVOA, but 7th against the run. Last week, Jonathan Taylor looked like he was going to have a monster game in the first quarter, but even with the 17-0 game script lead, he was shut down over the final three weeks, so it's not really a, a great uh, matchup for the for running backs, um, as you would think on paper. So I do like Jeff Wilson as a flex play regardless, uh, and Mitchell, if he's active, you're playing him. At least it's a morning game. You don't have to wait for the Niners, usually the afternoon game, so you'll know at least before you have to set your lineup. That is a good point. Yeah, I think Jeff Wilson needs to be he's probably pretty close, but he needs to be like 100 percent rostered at this point for sure. Um, and hey, I think we'll probably see more of Debo in the backfield, which is good because his target share is just not going to be the same with George Kittle and Ayuk out there. We've seen that now over the last two weeks, but getting him those running back looks is just like a great way to keep his production. What a what a freak show Debo Samuel is. I mean, I think at this point, one of the biggest mistakes that I made this off season was just like not taking his 2020 season and just like lighting it on fire and completely ignoring it because he was this not maybe not this good, but he showed the potential to be this good in his rookie season. And then he just went into such a weird role in his, um, in his sophomore season because he was hurt that low a dot thing. And like, I mean, he was still very, a very good player last year, but man, I, I just wish I had just like completely ignored that 2020 season for Debo and like only evaluated him based on 2019. Yeah, I was worried about that Jones fracture, but wow, he looked. I honestly didn't see him becoming this good down the field, too. I mean, I like all the yards after yeah. the catch, but he's also downfield. He's a contested catch. He's been pretty impressive. So, one. One upside here with the Niners, I know you don't love it with Jimmy G, but, um, but when you do their combined target share of the top three players, only the Bengals are more concentrated than Kittle, Ayuk, yeah. and Samuel. So at least you like to see that with the 49ers, you know, a defense that you know has not quite been as, as dominant. Um, so where do you think the 49ers offense ranks in DVOA on this season? I'm sure by the way you're bringing it up, it's top 10. <laughs> what if I told you third? Really? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy for all of like the, you know, moaning that we've been doing uh, in, in like fantasy spaces and, you know, all the heat on Shanahan. But no one's given heat on Shanahan because we don't think he's a great play caller. It's all the yeah. other stuff. Uh, how, how funny is this? Uh, they're sandwiched between the Buccaneers, Rams, Cowboys, and Chiefs. Niners oh, right in between there. <laughs> Jeez. Offense DVOA. Pretty funny, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that, I it is heard funny. a lot of people calling the Niners just doormats uh, two days ago before that Monday night game. It's pretty wild. Interesting stuff. Anyway. Well, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad we let you have your victory lap there, buddy. That's uh that's what we're that's no. What we're they're probably for. have a million fumbles and turn and turnovers and lose again this week. But I mean, there there I were know, some right? spots in Vegas where they were 225 to one. I saw to win the Super Bowl, and you know they're now you know a half a game out of of a playoff spot with um some interesting underlying that's metrics. Let's just say that, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I think their offense is in pretty good shape. Like, hey, buddy, we ain't seen Trey Lance out there anytime soon with <laughs> Jimmy playing like this. That ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. all well, right. That's a whole other story, Trey. But anyway, what's next? No, enough. That matter. is yeah. That is a whole nother story. Let's not bring down the Niners mood here, but let's go into uh, our stats of the week. I got to start this off. You know, we talked about the Niners. I spent way too much time talking about them this offseason. I definitely spent a lot of time 
thinking and talking and writing about Antonio Gibson and drafting a lot of Antonio Gibson. So Dalton, I need to take your temperature after this past week. 26 touches for Antonio Gibson. That was a season high, uh, his, his mark from last week. 63% of the snaps. That was his highest since week one. He also ran 15 routes last week. Um, Jarrett Patterson, that went back to like completely not being a thing. So, and this was all against Tampa Bay, who allowed the least, the fewest rush attempts in the entire NFL coming into this week, uh, last week. So, what what are we doing with this game from Antonio Gibson? I know he wasn't like efficient on the ground or anything, but he still got the goal line work. I think the fact that Brandon Sheriff is back is a huge deal. A couple other offensive linemen got back. Like theoretically, Washington can only be getting healthier, and maybe they patched up their issues in the back end on in the secondary, which might lend to just games not getting completely you know, games like getting Gibson game scripted out. And this week, Carolina has been a lot tougher against the pass than the run. I One takeaway might just be coming out of the bye that he got healthier, Gibson. I mean, with that yeah. workload. So it's, it's very encouraging. Um, you'd love to see a bit more targets. But um, yeah, it's, it's very encouraging. He's locked and loaded as a top 20 guy. You're, you're starting him this week, even in a, in a matchup that doesn't look great on paper. I mean, that Carolina, Carolina defense can be impressive at times. But yeah, you're excited with, with Gibson coming off the bye and to see that type of wor- increased workload. Yeah, if you had to like desperation start him, which raising my hand here for the podcast, folks, I am. I did have to desperation start him last week. Like, I think you're going back to him again this week for sure. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. the matchup is right. The workload is right. And the fact that the offensive line is getting healthier, I think, is a bigger deal, too. It's just like everything that has gone wrong or could go wrong has gone wrong for Antonio Gibson this year. I say that all the time, but I think some of the things are starting to point in the right direction, which is is a good sign. Yeah, I thought McKissick was the sneaky play last week with Tampa, all the targets. But no, Gibson was the guy. And McLaurin is banged up, by the way. Sorry, I wanted to, uh, to add that. McLaurin dealt with this, this collarbone issue in and out last week. He made a great – he got fired up after he, uh, he got, took a hard hit at the end of that game. But um, it doesn't look like Logan Thomas is returning. And Ricky Seal-Jones is banged up too. So point being, Antonio Gibson it might be just the tire centerpiece of Washington's offense this week. I cannot believe – I know I said this with Liz on on the Sunday show, but I can't believe like how things have changed for this Washington offense. Like, think of the guys that we were all so excited to see in, over the summer. Now it's like Antonio Gibson. What's left of Antonio Gibson and the preseason boys out there? It's a tough scene. If Terry McLaurin does not suit up, that's even worse. You mentioned the Carolina Panthers, Washington football team's Week Eleven opponent. The Panthers have not have seen not not maybe not quite as drastic. As what we've seen with the Eagles, but pretty close. The Carolina Panthers ranked 31st in neutral pass rate since week seven. I wanted to just touch on their offense overall. Cam Newton, what are your expectations for Cam Newton going into this matchup with Washington that prior to last week we thought was a very attackable defense? Does he bring back any life to guys like DJ Moore, uh, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey, man? I mean, Christian McCaffrey's like seeding a bunch of work to Chuba Hubbard, Amir Abdullah, and Cam Newton's, you know, vulturing him at the goal line. The guy still just piles up fantasy points. Yeah, 10 targets, and he sat out the fourth quarter, basically. Just, yeah, crazy. Top five fantasy Stupid back without, usage, yeah. without scoring touchdowns. Um, I, I, Your guess is as good as mine with Cam. I mean, I ranked him as a top 15 fantasy QB this week because of the rushing, but I'm very curious to see uh, how he performs as a passer this year. So I'm not like overly pumped if I have DJ Moore, but uh, yeah, this isn't, uh, I mean, if the matchup is seemingly right with Washington allowing the most fantasy points to opposing QBs, but um, it might be a little different here because this this game plan is going to be very, very run heavy. You said they were already uh, run heavy before, but now enter Cam Newton at QB. It's going to be, you know, rivaling the league lead moving forward. Yeah, we'll see what this past game looks like with Cam Newton. I mean, I still 
don't know. I thought Cam looked pretty good as a passer in the preseason. All the reports out of uh, training camp from New England was that his shoulder looked a lot better than it did last year. And I mean, that's kind of been the problem with Cam Newton, even since um, 2018. Like when he started that year off and it was like, oh man, Cam's completion percentage is like career high. And then it just, like, his arm basically just fell yeah. the F off like at the end of the year. And I think the same thing 2020 with New England has that unbelievable Seahawks game, right? And then by the end of the year, it's like the guy was like dragging his shoulder to the finish line. I wonder if like Cam just being like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play football until week 11." Um, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe his arm is a little fresher than what we're like our most recent memory. Yeah, I know. And he had to deal with COVID um, last year too in the middle of the yeah. season. He said he never fully recovered from that. No, and it's a big deal. Like McCaffrey is certainly one of the running backs that matters. So this is an interesting team because they're just so, so loaded on defense. So, I mean, yeah, I'm curious to see how Cam, hopefully Cam, yeah, Superman looked back last week. So it was cool to see. Their cornerback room, I know this doesn't matter oh, for fantasy. Loaded. Their cornerback room loaded. is ridiculous, dude. Like they have Stefan Gilmore. They're not even, obviously, JC Horn is out. He was the eighth overall pick. God, how great. Oh, they could have fields. Uh, Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. Could have even had Mac Jones. I mean, for God's sakes, like totally. Yeah, uh, either. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, No, yeah. AJ Boye. I mean, yeah, I know. Totally loaded Gilmore now. I mean, it's it's CJ Henderson secondary. Yeah. Dante Jackson, like the guy they've had for several years. It's like who who has like four cornerbacks that people (laughs) can name off the top of their head? Right, right. Nobody. So, like, this is a, just a loaded uh, group of cornerbacks there. So that is interesting. Yeah, I think this team's pretty good. Their pass protection is going to be an issue. I could see Cam taking some hits. That's for sure. But let me tell you what: as a long-suffering, I'm not a fan of. I won't say the word "fan" with Carolina Panthers, but adjacent observer to the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton's used to getting getting uh, getting whooped behind a bad offensive line in Carolina. So it should be pretty much business as usual. Another team that's kind of flipped in the opposite direction of the Eagles and Panthers in terms of their neutral pass rate is the Bengals, who rank seventh in neutral pass rate since week seven. I keep saying week seven because it's basically just like the last month, right? Uh, more recent uh, history here. I think the Bengals are interesting to talk about coming off their bye week. Feel like they've been a little bit forgotten, you know, but the usage, the underlying like usage metrics, targets, air yards, snaps, routes run are all really good for T Higgins. I still feel like T Higgins is a little bit of a buy low. And I mean, Jamar Chase is just walking right back into a great role as well. And for Joe Mixon, we just kind of need them to use him as a receiver. Yeah, when they've all been on the field, Higgins and Chase have been about equal as far as targets, and Boyd a distant, distant third. I thought he'd be a little East better Coast, in PPR yeah. this season. But yeah, no, Chase and Higgins for sure remains a buy low. Feels like I've been saying that for a month, but I still feel yeah, it to, to be true. And I, yeah, you like the, especially with this, them going the pass rate. And it makes so much sense, too, that they open the season going run heavy, considering Burrow was recovering from major, major offseason surgery and, you know, had the horrible preseason that scared some, some people away. So uh, it makes sense. And now they're going back to pass heavy. And, uh, yeah, it should be some nice fantasy stats down the stretch for Higgins, Burrow, Chase, and Mixon. Raiders, Steelers, uh, Chargers, and 49ers, their next four games. Not the worst schedule in the world. I mean, this one against the Raiders. Hey, I mentioned Robert Sala off the top about not adjusting in, to an, in, an in-game plan. Yeah. Gus All Bradley, another yeah. <laughs> an, another offshoot uh, to the to the forty or the old uh, Seahawks defenses. These dinosaurs can't adjust their like cover three looks and and just getting filleted by the Chiefs. I mean, that was tough to watch. And you know, if there's another team that's going to attack you vertically. Joe Burrow's throwing the ball downfield. Joe Burrow's throwing the ball downfield to Jamar Chase extremely well. I feel like Jamar Chase, I don't know what his DFS uh, salary is, but I feel like he 
could be a little bit of a sneaky play coming off the bye for like an eruption spot here. Yeah, I thought the Raiders were going to be uh, more competitive against KC last week. That was ugly. Yeah, I know their defense had some real interesting underlying stuff, you know, getting to the quarterback pressure rate without blitzing. But boy, Mahomes rebounded in a, in a big way in that primetime game. Yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, Daniel Jones. Whenever you can talk about Daniel Jones, you got to do it. Daniel Jones has the fourth highest expected completion percentage over the last month. He's actually 2.8% over expectation. So I think that kind of just goes to show they've really, you know, given him some layups there. He's not just like running gun the ball downfield. He's been completing passes above expectation, which is good. It just shows he's been playing pretty well. I wanted to talk about Daniel Jones because it's like, look, there, this should be the first time that we get the Giants with all their guys back, right? You know, from a skill position standpoint, like when have we seen these four receivers all together and operating at their, the height of their powers? Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, Saquon probably takes the field Monday night against the Bucks. What are your expectations for this crew, man? Because this is it, it's 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 a very crowded unit and all guys that theoretically should win in different ways. I like Daniel Jones' sleeper fantasy because he runs himself, and uh, you cannot run the football on the Bucks, and it's obviously be Saquon's probably likely first game back. But Tampa Bay secondary is decimated. I mean, I don't even go through all the yeah. lists, but Sherman's now also they you know they desperate signed for depth, and now he's going to miss multiple weeks. So they're dealing with a lot of injuries in the back end in Tampa Bay, and yeah, obviously we both like Tony. He's looked really good. Uh, another um, rookie receiver that's impressed. You look, he, he's, he's my, I think he's top three in, in yards per route run among those impressive rookies. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's unfortunate we have to maybe, hopefully we'll get some clarity because it's a Monday night game because your guy Sterling Shepard would be useful in this matchup in a PPR format. But, um, yeah, it could go from being uh, having no one to suddenly overly crowded as far as fantasy is concerned. Yeah. If Galladay, Shepard, and Tony, and Slayton, and Barkley, and Ingram are all, are all healthy at once. I feel like Galladay, who's 15 bucks in our daily fantasy game, for a single game contest is a great play against, you know, those outside cornerbacks who have just been just decimated. Like you mentioned by injuries, Galladay ran 20 routes. The last time we saw them play uh, three uh, targets in that game, which was a, a high number among the wide receivers. So I feel like he's a pretty good play. I, Man, I know like when Sterling Shepard's out there, he's just like locked and loaded as the guy that's probably going to lead the team in targets. He's their most reliable route runner. I don't really know what to think about Kadarius Tony though. His usage has been weird. Maybe he wasn't healthy come going the first two, the last two games into the bye, but barely use him. And I know nobody wants to hear this, but he's just not a refined player right now. So I wonder if that's part of the problem. Like he's, you can't ask him to go out there and like win routes consistently on the outside. He's just not there as a player right now. Now they could scheme him up in ways to be like a poor man's Debo Samuel. I'm like, I think it's kind of like at this point disrespectful to compare anybody to Debo Samuel because he's just a freak show. But you could use Tony, who is also like a freak show after the catch. He's he's very like rare movement skills in the open field. But I just don't I have like no confidence in playing him right now, even in a great matchup, because I don't know how they're going to use him. Like it would surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if he went out there and got 10 opportunities. It also wouldn't surprise me if he had two again, you know, in like a very weird role because Jason Garrett like can't quite figure out how to deploy this player. Now, given his uncertain usage and, and maybe uh, all those mouths to feed, he's a better bench stash right now in fantasy than a, than a, than a play. Um, although the Giants may have to pass a ton and this can't run against Tampa Bay and they're 11-point dogs. But, um, yeah, I'm with you with Tony. He's a, a risky play with all those healthy bodies and, and uncertain amount of targets. Saquon Barkley, though, are you firing him up uh, as long as it looks like he's good to go, yeah? Even in a tougher matchup on paper? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, the one thing that does uh, make me feel good is that in the two games prior to that, uh, freaky, like I'm a freaky, it was like a fluke ankle injury, right? Against the Cowboys. He did have 13 targets in the two games prior combined, which maybe that's going to be tough to come by with all these receivers healthy, but still, I think he can get himself a pretty decent floor as a receiver out of the backfield. We've seen goofballs like Miles Gaskin do that against the Bucks, So that does make me feel pretty good about firing Saquon up. All right, cool. Uh, AJ Dillon, let's end on this note from the stats before we preview Thursday night. I mean, Dalton, I'm just like obsessed with AJ Dillon. I, I'm so excited to uh, to watch this guy play. He ranks seventh in yards after contact per attempt among running backs with 90 plus carries. The Vikings rank 31st in rushing EPA per allowed over the last month. This looks like just such a perfect smash spot for AJ Dillon. I, I, the question, Dalton, is not is AJ Dillon a top 10 back? Because I think he is a top 10 back, but I know you're a guy that gets, gets excited. I know you're a guy that can get really high on these young guys. So tell me how high are we ranking AJ Dillon here in week 11? Yeah, I know Daniel Hunter. Um, I have him, but it's my fifth or sixth back this week or moving forward. Uh, he, I mean, he could be as high as one or two in, in certain matchups, even at home against Detroit or something. I could see myself putting him number one <laughs> right yeah, now. Buddy. But so it's the same tier. I really like James Conner this week and in, um, in, in, in that same matchup, uh, Dalvin Cook in high scoring game. But I have A.J. Dillon ranked ahead of my guy, Jonathan Taylor, this week. Let's put it that wow. way. So, um, so uh, uh, in a tough, tough matchup in Buffalo. But um, A.J. Dillon, man, he can catch the ball. We saw him do that 50-yard catch and run after the play last week so um good. obviously no aaron jones uh luckily not out for the season for aaron jones but with aaron Rodgers likely playing better this week and and, and yeah i expect a high scoring game indoors and, and dylan to go crazy you know get get, get get some targets and be the goal line guy and he's literally the workout metrics matches derrick henry's i mean the guy is huge and fast and athletic and really really good at football so you gotta be excited to see him get a feature back role over the next couple of weeks yeah <sighs> I, I like don't say this to disparage Aaron Jones at all because I think he, Aaron Jones is a great player, but it wouldn't be surprise me if like AJ Dillon was just the one A of that committee next year. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I think he's that good, and they basically and I say committee because like they AJ Dillon. This is why he's a flex with benefits type of guy. He's been getting legit work even before this injury. And with no Kylan Hill, who is the rookie who's kind of impressing as a receiver, um, I don't think it's uh, it's controversial to say that A.J. Dillon right now has more fantasy value than Aaron Jones did a week ago because Aaron Jones is splitting yeah. with A.J. Dillon. So it's not it's – yeah, There's not no A.J. Dillon to compete with A.J. Dillon, right? Exactly. So, I, I yeah, I think A.J. Dillon now has more fantasy value than Aaron Jones did even a week ago. So that, that's quite valuable. Love it. Yeah, I mean, the back half of, like, the top 10 of running backs, it's, like, it's pretty tough to rank. You can't really rank him ahead of, like, Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook or um, I think even, like, Najee Harris and Nick Chubb and even Zeke. Exactly. You know, Kansas yeah. City. But then, yeah, like, it. yeah, you're looking at him versus, like, Jonathan Taylor. You're looking at him versus Alvin Kamara, if he pl- who, like, looks like he's going to play. But going against the Eagles, who get shredded by pass catching back. So there's that. But it's, like, it's a Trevor Simeon offense, bro. Give me a break. Austin Eckler against the Steelers. Like, yeah, give me AJ Dillon over those guys. Like we're talking about AJ Dillon and James Conner as like RB seven, eight type of range, I think. And that feels pretty good to me. Yeah, I know. I'm all in. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, should be a nice couple of, of, of stretch here for, for those who stashed him. Um, but Aaron Jones could be back for fantasy playoffs. It looked like for a while they're crying coming out of the tent. It looked like medical yeah. tent. It looked like, you know, he might've lost him for the season. So um, yeah, he'll theoretically, he'll come back after the bye, maybe with fresh legs over the fantasy playoffs too. 
does, the bye week is crucial because he does have a history of MCL injuries. So yes, like that, yes. that's nice. it's worth noting that. But yeah, the bye week being there, I would ex- like I know they gave a one to two week timeline. It would kind of surprise me if he came back in two weeks. Like I, I expect him to just sit through the bye, which like three or two weeks of AJ Dillon, like that's going to be pretty much fireworks there. Um, so we'll see what happens. Let's talk about the Thursday night game this week. New England Patriots at Atlanta Falcons. Whew, buddy. The big big news here, uh, Damian Harris cleared to play. He's going to be back out there, so we'll talk about the backfield in a second. Cordero Patterson might play. He's a game-time decision. If CPAT let's, – let's operate in a world for a second. Let's talk Falcons because it should be a quick discussion. <laughs> let's talk Falcons before we talk Patriots. In a, let's just imagine a world where Cordero Patterson doesn't play. Am I stupid for thinking, like, Mike Davis actually might not be – the worst like desperation flex player in our DFS game for single game contest. He's $11. And I know Wayne Gallman got carries last week. Wayne Gallman was out there with like the Josh Rosen offense. Arthur Smith even said it himself. Like we played on Thursday. So I had to get like Josh Rosen and Wayne Gallman in there. So I don't know. I thought I kind of came away with from that being like, I know Mike Davis has not been good this year. I know he got out carried by Wayne Gallman, but I, I actually felt okay about Mike Davis after hearing that. That was actually my only take from this was that it's like, I like, I like Mike Davis at $11, even cheaper than Gallman because of that quote. Exactly. It's like, we had all, we, we, we had all our backups in that's, that's when Gallman came in. It, we, we knew we were going to play a short week is literally what they said. Yeah. So I think Davis is going to go back to being the main back and with no CPAT. Absolutely. Like him quite a bit at 11. Uh, my question to you is who would you use in superstar Mac Jones or Damian Harris? Even I mean, Jones is six dollars more, but now that we know it's Harris, you know, I mean, but I mean, Stevenson could mix. I mean, that's the real question there. What do you do with this New England backfield? I mean, that Stevenson just looked like so so good last week, but now Harris has already been cleared. Um, will Stevenson will still get some receptions? Uh, that that's the key there because this New New England team, man, they look suddenly like a threat to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I I think I'd use Mac Jones ahead of. Uh any of the running backs there in the superstar spot. Like Mac Jones has played pretty well over the last two games, completing like 75% of his passes, eight yards per attempt, four touchdowns, one interception. I think the game is like kind of starting to slow down for him. And Atlanta stinks, dude. They're 31st in um, defensive DVOA. You can beat them any which way. So I think Mac Jones is probably the safest pick at the superstar spot. But yeah, on the running back room, what are you doing with these guys? Like, I think here's, here's how I look at this. Brandon Bolden, is going to keep that like passing down role because he's and like the two minute, you know, very JD McKissick ish, which is like two minute drills, hurry up, obvious, obvious pass situations. Bolden's going to be out there. Stevenson looked good as a receiver. Like he's going to get some targets thrown his way. That's good for him, but he's not just going to, there's no scenario in which he just erases Brandon Bolden. That feels like a, a non starter to me. I also feel like there's no way that, you know, it's kind of like, um, Melvin Gordon in Denver. Like I keep saying to people, I think Javante Williams looks great. All the metrics are there for him, but the real life Denver Broncos are not going to go to the real life Melvin Gordon and be like, sorry, buddy, you're not playing anymore. Cause this guy's just Melvin Gordon. Hasn't lost that job. I don't think Damian Harris has done enough to lose his job to Ramondre Stevenson, who also looks good. So that's kind of the split we're looking at. And that's a tough split to deal with. Yeah, it is. Although this offensive line getting healthier, it looks like it could be quite a productive uh, rushing attack. But yeah, it could be very annoying for fantasy managers. Poor Matt Ryan. No Calvin Ridley. Oh, looks God, like yeah. probably no Patterson. And this is the patented uh, Belichick sh- shut down opposing's number one guy, Kyle Pitts. So where in the world is Matt Ryan going to go to? But, uh, you know, he can't play worse than last week. So I expect Atlanta to maybe be competitive, uh, you know, buy low, sell high situation with New England looking so good last week, too. But man, these Belichick teams that just improved throughout 
throughout the seasons, and he's just doing it yet again here with uh, the best-looking rookie QB and a defense and, and, and an offensive line that looks, uh, you know, underrated. Yeah, I think I'd, I, there, it's thin to play either New England running back, but I think you can maybe get away with it just because you mentioned it. Like, this team is going to establish the hell out of the run. Like, they're – and from an EPA per play standpoint, uh, they rank second in offensive success rate uh, overall since week seven. Like, this offense is kind of coming along. The line is there. I could see, especially in this particular matchup against this Falcons defense, I could see both Harris – and uh, Stevenson being right around like 14, 15 touches, you know, mostly on the ground for Damian Harris and maybe, you know, 12 to 12 carries to three catches for Stevenson. That's probably not going to be the case every week, but if you could get away with playing two, two mostly early down bangers from one offense, it might be the, the Patriots. I think Stevenson might just be their best back, but I don't know that the Patriots agree with me on that. So that's, it's kind of who like, who cares on the, Kyle Pitts thing I'm glad you brought that up where are you at with Kyle Pitts man we talked about on the podcast like four weeks ago like we would trade Travis Kelsey for Kyle Pitts plus like a T Higgins type that take might not be aging so well buddy so what are what are (laughs) what are we doing with Kyle Pitts and I know you meant I know the defensive matchups have been bad but like you mentioned Bill Belichick is probably gonna try to take away these guys yeah, it's been frustrating. It hasn't gone as planned, and this week might not be great either. Um, and Kelsey's been obviously better. Uh, I still am going to treat Kyle Pitts as a top three tight end moving forward. And he, I think I just saw that he had the second highest yards per route run among rookie tight ends ever or yeah. something. So, I mean, he's, he's getting it done out there. But um, it has... Hasn't been great with the corner. There's there's been big splits when he's uh, had the corners on him. Um, so uh, we'll see without yeah. Ridley moving forward. I think it's still a net positive, but it, yeah, it has not gone as we had hoped. He hasn't lit the world on fire. I mean, Matt Ryan laid such a that was so so ugly last week. That was bad. I didn't mind it as a Cowboys backer in Survivor, but man, that was ugly. Matt Ryan was, uh, was had rough. the highest QBR over the previous five weeks before that stinker. But yeah, I still think Kyle Pitts is going to be a star. It may take next year. Yeah. Could be the final two months of this year. One or the other. Yeah, I think the no Ridley thing is really hurting Kyle Pitts because he's just the only threat in the passing game yeah. to take away. And now this this is one saving grace. I found this dug this up uh, while doing my single game daily fantasy piece in week 10. Kyle Pitts took 21.7 percent of his snaps out wide after being 40 percent in week seven to nine. I think that's important because like it's so much easier to take a guy away when they're just lining up out wide. You can just throw like a corner on him. You could double cover a guy outside. It's much harder to do that when they're like an inline tight end. Now he's still running a lot of routes from the slot, which is good. But yeah, I think we're in business though with Kyle Pitts. Like I, you're still playing him in, in um, season long and like 17 bucks in daily fantasy. I actually don't think is too bad either. Yeah, I mean, the target should be there. The other options are Russell Gage, Tajay Sharp, Zacchaeus. I mean, it's not not great without Patterson. I mean, without Patterson really was a nice playmaker. I mean, Patterson really was an interesting developing into a really nice weapon. So you lose Ridley and Patterson. I mean, yeah, Pitts Pitts is going to see a lot of defensive attention, but how does he not see double-digit targets Thursday night? Yeah, I I feel the same way. Uh, Anything on like the pass catchers in New England? Hunter Henry's been on fire, six touchdown or touchdown in six of his last seven games and scored twice last week. Season high snap rate last week as well with Johnny Smith being inactive. Yeah, Henry's getting it done, but priced as such even more than Pitts in this. Um, You could go, uh, yeah, Kendrick Bourne is getting it done too, but it's just, you know, never really know. I mean, Jacoby Myers, I like more in full PPR than I do Yahoo's half PPR, but it's nice to see him finally score. But no, I don't really have a strong take in the receivers. It It seems it's tough, you know, they they mix it around a little bit too much. But um, if I'm going to start one of them, it would be Myers. What about you? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Myers, I think, is their best player and um, getting the layup looks for the most part. But yeah, it's pretty thin. It's pretty thin there that that passing game. But with Mac Jones playing better, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll see some more coming out of this uh, coming out of this game. But uh, yeah, no, it's a mildly interesting game, despite the fact that Atlanta is just I mean, such bad shape personnel wise. We'll have to see what happens there. But uh, Dalton, that's going to do it for us. Uh, What do you got uh, cooking up this week? I have a preview pod this week with Scott Pianowski filling in for Liz Loza and my sit start column um, Friday. And uh, yeah, yeah, this some big survivor decisions. So I'm going to be uh, pretty pretty pumped up, I guess. I guess I'm probably uh, leaning toward rooting against Tim, the Tim Boyle experience for now, but but we'll see how that goes. Well, you got to let me know who you pick. So I I know how to how to root this weekend as well but that is going to do it for us we'll keep the conversation going on twitter follow me at matt Harmon underscore byb and dalton at dalton del don if you want fantasy analysis and news updates from the whole team give a follow to at yahoo fantasy while you're waiting to see who dalton is sweating on his survivor pick you can check out the college football inquirer dan wetzel pete thamel and si's pat 40 react to the wildest coaching carousel season they have ever seen on the latest episode look for it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And of course, as Dalton just mentioned, he's going to be back tomorrow with a preview of Sunday's NFL Games with Scott Pianowski. Until then, we are out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.